0: The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, Ann Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell.
1: Laissez le bon ton roule, Alex Jewell. It's another episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast.
2: Greg, one thing you know about me, I don't speak Spanish. That's not Spanish, that's Cajun, buddy. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's another Monday. Happy Labor Day to everybody. Welcome inside to the Eastern Insider Podcast, Season 5, Episode 2. Everybody that tuned in last week, we thank you. Remember, subscribe, listen in, tell your friends about the Eastern Insider Podcast. And Greg... It's already here, another week of college football has gone by, another week to look forward to for all of our Eastern Michigan Athletics teams, and you're over there talking in Cajun country. I more talk like Farmer Fran from the Water bore. I think that's that's more of my style, but either way, a lot to look forward to this week. But Greg, before we talk about the week to come, let's take a quick listen to the rundown of what happened this past week with Eastern Michigan Athletics.
1: Last week in Eastern Michigan Athletics saw the women's soccer team give Syracuse all they could handle as well as going to a draw with Dartmouth. We know that Cross Country opened their campaign, both men's and women's, and had solid showings up in Shepherd, Michigan. Meanwhile, volleyball continues to make progress. Despite going 0-3, they push teams to the limit, falling to Purdue-Fort Wayne as well as Virginia, and then coming up in five sets to uh, Xavier. It was EMU football rolling to a 42-34 victory over Eastern Kentucky, and then rounding it out, still in action, uh, but women's golf, a tremendous showing so far up in Agaming as uh, they are leading the way. For four recaps and so much more, visit emueagles.com.
2: There you go. Busy week of athletics that was. We heard about the football score, Greg. That was obviously the talk of the week and plenty more to talk about with football as we look forward to the Louisiana game this week. Not going to be an easy task for Chris Critton and company to head down and play the Raging Cajuns.
1: No, the Raging Cajuns don't lose at home very often. They've only done so once this decade. Uh, That's saying something. Billy Napier, gone. He was at Florida now. He's helping turn them around. They already knocked off <laughs> number seven, Utah. New coach, same approach, though. The Raging Cajuns are going to be tough. The defending Sunbelt champions, uh, they are good in a lot of different ways. One of the things that we'll talk with Coach Grayton about is their ability to execute on special teams. They had a big punt return for a touchdown. Uh, they can do it so many ways. And the one thing that you know when you
2: go to the South, speed's a little different. Speed's a little different. The level of athleticism that you see a lot of times from Sunbelt teams uh, is certainly um, very high, very athletic teams. And Greg, I think something you have to think about too, when you go down to a place like Louisiana, the the atmosphere in terms of both the fans, the crowd, because of how well they've done lately in the last decade or so is, is something to think about. But also the climate and the weather is something to think about now. I've been to enough games where we've played, whether it's in the Bahamas or, or down in Louisiana before, down south. It certainly is It's affecting for the team. You've been around for to see Eastern Michigan go south plenty of times, and I really do think it does make a difference playing in such a climate.
1: It certainly does. You think back to Coastal Carolina to begin in 2019, uh, heat was a factor there. We think back to year two of the Chris Creighton era and when they went to the Swamp. How they handle cramping, hydration, all those things. Eastern, on a hot, muggy night on Friday, had very little problems in terms of that. So I think that's a good thing to work into this week. Uh, But you also still know it's a late game. How do you get your body after sitting around a hotel all day is much different as well. So those are some things to keep in mind. This week, don't forget, we'll have full game coverage beginning at 6.50 p.m., uh, on WEM. You, Tom Helmer, the new voice of the Eagles, as well as Rob Rubik's back this week. We'll have pregame, halftime, and some postgame coverage for you on the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. I'll be along on the
2: line, and it should be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. A great game, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Greg already mentioned that. A lot to look forward to. This is a really good opportunity, an early litmus test for Eastern Michigan football. Eastern Kentucky, by the way, uh, everybody at home, I know you might say, oh, FCS team, we only won by eight points. Eastern Kentucky is a very deep and very experienced FCS team. They'll have a real chance to do some damage at that level's playoff system come the end of the season. So a good test there at home. Let's touch on that FCS thing. People with the transfer portal, everything's so much different. You saw...
1: Delaware go into Navy, knock off the Naval Academy. South Dakota State should have really taken down Iowa. This is a team that was in a big, big 10 game. Uh, there's no You don't have to convince anymore.
2: me on the FCS issue. I know you don't have to convince Coach Creighton. To me, it's a non-issue. I'm saying that a lot of times at home, there's a perception that I've, FCS teams are not as good. Eastern Kentucky, we didn't talk as much about it last week ahead of the game, Greg, and I know we've got we've to move forward into Louisiana week, but Eastern Kentucky... Has a slew of players, fourteen players on their roster that are FBS transfers, yep. so they're coming from bigger programs, and not just some regular FBS teams. I mean, they've got a starter that was a had a plenty of experience at Washington State. Players from all different types yep. of uh, play, schools, different schemes, and it showed. Uh, and and certainly their first game, they were playing up as well. And Eastern Michigan, Coach Creighton will be the first one to tell you. Uh, He respects the heck out of what Eastern Kentucky and those types of programs are are able to do, but also a lot to take back if you're Eastern Michigan and say, we have to be better in week two, and I think Coach Creighton will have his team ready.
1: It provides great message board and Twitter fodder. Let's put it that way. It
2: definitely does. Speaking of, uh, before we get into the rest of the show this week, since we're on the topic and having a little fun, it is Labor Day. Um, Everybody, I, I love the blocky. I love the scripty. But you want to talk about how you know we're going down on this weekend to play in a climate that's hot. Muggy, spicy, if you will. If you haven't taken a look at the Louisiana logo, the Raging Cajuns, first off, is is their nickname. How cool is that? And it's so hot down there, they have a chili pepper in their logo as an apostrophe. I don't know why they just don't uh, beg the fine folks at Tabasco just to just plaster that thing everywhere. In the era of NIL, it wouldn't be surprising if some of the players down there start getting some hot sauce deals. But, Greg, enough about that, enough of our banter about Louisiana. It's going to be a big week down in Louisiana, but it's also a big week here on campus. More and more teams starting to get going. You heard about soccer and their draw in the recap. They'll continue to play on this week. Volleyball continuing to play on this week. Plenty of action going on around the calendar for every Eastern Michigan sport um, if you're looking to follow along.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned it uh, right now. While we're recording this episode, we don't know what the outcome will be. But Alyssa DiMarcantonio for women's golf right now was leading the Agaming Invitational up north. Uh, thank you for helping me pronounce that because <laughs> I've never been north of Claire. Oh so we'll put it there. Uh, women's soccer this week, they will uh, be at Moorhead State as well as Kentucky to close out the weekend. And then volleyball is in the Windy City. They get Virginia Tech as well as St. Louis and DePaul. So that will be fun times for them. So yes, more and more teams getting going, and uh, it was like old times over the weekend. Things
2: just clicked into place. Things clicked into place. For everybody listening at home, you just heard that correctly. Greg Steiner has lived in Michigan for over 20 years. He is a Michigander. It's on his license plate. It's on his driver's license. He has a Michigan address. He's from Ohio originally. He has wiped that clean. Still has never been north of Claire, so I'm just gonna call this out right now. We're not doing a keyword this week for a prize. Instead, what we're gonna do is I just want everybody to either DM me or email me. You can DM me at tw- on Twitter or Instagram, E M U, or you can email me, A-J-E-W-E-L-L-3 at emish.edu. I want you to give me a suggestion of an up-north city that Greg and his wife, Kathy, should venture out to and make sure they check out. Kathy, well, of course, is a Michigan this- native. No, no, no. All I want yeah, is... I thought you were going
1: to say a uh, place I had to pronounce because there are a lot <laughs> of unique ones up north, no, too. No, no, no.
2: All I, all I want is for you, the fans at home, to give Greg Steiner some suggestions because he is really missing out on some quality if of most life. Most people Not are that walking across the bridge today, right? That's close. That's right. The Mackinac Bridge the walk is happening today. So much good going on up north. But let's reel this thing back in. We've got a lot to cover in this episode. Greg, you already mentioned Coach Creighton's going to be on the show. It is football season, so you'll hear from him weekly. That's one of the nice treats. We have his first public comments of the week, always right here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. But before his episode today, you mentioned Tom Helmer, the new voice of EMU Athletics, just the second person to hold the title of all three major sports at the same time. Of course, the legendary John Fountain is the other. But Greg, we're missing somebody in the booth this year that uh, has stepped away after an incredible nearly quarter century with Eastern Michigan football. Matt Shepard, the longtime play-by-play voice, a great friend of both of us, certainly of you as as you've known him, as you've come up through your career here at Eastern Michigan as well. And uh, for those that were wondering where Matt Shepard was last week, we were able to put out a public release. Shepard has decided to take a little bit of a step back. Of course, we know he's the play-by-play voice of the Tigers on Valley Sports Detroit. That is a big commitment. Mm -hmm. He has so many other commitments. His youngest daughter off to college this year, and so, Decided to take a little bit of time for some family obligations. And Greg, I know it was a really special thing for you. You got to do a one-on-one with him. His first and only public comments about stepping away from Eastern Michigan football. It was only fitting that you were the one to sit down with him. And it's going to broadcast today on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Yep, that's
1: right. Uh, Shep called me back in in July to, to let me know. Um, and. It's a tough conversation for him to get through. So we sat down just last week, uh, before his his trip took him to Texas for some Tigers baseball. So we caught up. Uh, I I know that he uh, he says that re- his wife Lisa has really given so much of her time and life to letting him do things, and, and he just now says it's time for him to give back and them to do some traveling and. I know that the boys and, and Rachel and all that will be happy to have their dad back for a little bit more, but we know Matt, you can't keep him away. He will still be around. He's still following. He's still texting, but a good extended uh, talk about why Matt loves this place so much. Why uh, Rob Rubick is, is, is such a great analyst and really why he felt it was comfortable in time to pass the baton to tell Tom Helmer as well.
2: And I think, Two things can be true in this situation. I think it's very important that we point out because I know you and I feel this way. Molly Motherwell at uh, WEMU, the general manager over there, she feels this way. I know Matt Shepard feels this way. We can be uh, somber about Matt Shepard stepping away and uh, miss him in the booth every week and at the same time be incredibly thrilled about having Tom Helmer as the new voice of WEMU. A lot of people may not know this, but those two have really become close over the last couple of years. They've talked about this transition, a little bit about what it would look like. So Matt Shepard is rooting for Tom Helmer, and Tom Helmer is rooting for Matt Shepard. It's been great to watch those two get to work together over this couple years. And how lucky are we as a Division I football program to go from Matt Shepard to Tom Helmer? The amount of awards between both of those two, it, uh, it would fill more than a room in most of our houses. To have Rob Rubick continue on as the analyst, I think it says a lot about what Tom Helmer brings. And so we are thrilled about Tom Helmer. He certainly deserves this opportunity. He's unbelievable in the broadcast booth. At the same time, we're going to miss Matt Shepard as well. So this episode dedicated to him. Certainly is. And for those asking
1: last week, there were a lot of people that asked where Rob Rubick was. He is back for another year of football. Uh, It was a Valley Sports commitment last Friday that they were doing the Oxford High School game. First game back since their, their terrible tragedy that they had there. On their campus so rob was committed to that unfortunately was not able to be with us brian guyman the former offensive lineman filled in in his place and we certainly tip our cap to him for filling in and getting outside his comfort zone
2: okay everybody so a big week you have to dm me or send me a message with your up north suggestions for greg steiner so that next summer he can vacation a little bit here in our home state the best state in the united states you have to listen in because Coach Creighton is going to give you his full breakdown on game one against Eastern Kentucky, a win, although he says there's plenty more to get better at as they head to Louisiana this week. Does the football team. Recap of Eastern Michigan sports all around from this last week, the look ahead, and of course, Greg sits down with Matt Shepard. So a lot in store for you on this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Happy Labor Day. Hopefully you're resting. We're laboring. Hopefully, though, you're clicking in to listen to the Eastern Insider Podcast. More after this. Powered
0: by Learfield, you are listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by Fowling Warehouse, Ipsy, and Arbor. The only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time.
1: For the past 20 years, his voice has been synonymous with Eastern Michigan football, a multi-time Emmy Award winner, of Michigan Sportscaster of the Year multiple times, and current voice of the Detroit Tigers on Valley Sports Detroit, Matt Shepard. You've handled football for Eastern Michigan Really, he started in 1999, took a little break, and then last 20 years, it's it's been a, a fun ride, Matt, but a little different fall this year uh, in that maybe something different uh, in your life and t- trying to take a pause with Eastern Michigan.
3: Yeah, it, it, it did not come easily, and it uh, it was it was heavy on me. Uh, it was heavy on my family, and it remains heavy because uh, I love doing what I do with the Tigers, but... Eastern Michigan felt like family to me as well. And that's the reason I did it. I I did it because I love football, but I did it because I love the people there at EMU and everybody associated with that football program. I have the utmost respect for Chris Creighton. So it was a really hard decision for me, Greg. Um, because I truly love the people there um, and I love that school and what they've done for me and what they stand for. But there's a time, I think, in everybody's career in broadcasting where you have to throttle back a little bit. My wife has made extremely, she's been extremely supportive, but she's made a ton of sacrifices for me. And with my daughter, our youngest, now going off to college, we thought it would be a really good time for us to get a chance to uh, travel just a little bit in the off season and go see my daughter uh, during some college football Saturdays and spend some time with some fans um, and some friends uh, where my daughter goes to school. So all those things kind of played a factor. Um, you know, I, I really never did the Eastern Michigan for, for the money. As I said, I did it for. Yeah. The people and the camaraderie and those are the things that I'll miss most because I don't yeah. think I've attended a college football game as a fan in over 20 years. Um, and it's gonna be yeah. hard for me to do that. And it's gonna be hard for me not to wanna drive to Ypsilanti and go in the booth and have great conversations with the people I care about. So it's uh it's still a little raw for me. It's a little tough.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say when you called me in, in the summer, I, you got emotional, I was emotional and I mean, we've been a big part of each other's family for the last 20 years. As my time at Eastern started and in the same time you did, I've never known a play-by-play voice other than yourself. But how how difficult was it? I mean, the last few years to balance the Tigers and Eastern Michigan knowing that it, it is a grind, but then you, you'd quickly pivot and and never miss a beat.
3: It, it wasn't that difficult, first of all, because Eastern was very kind in allowing me to come in with about half a season left. Um, most schools, most broadcasting companies, most members of the front office at Eastern Michigan wouldn't allow that. Um, it wasn't difficult because... Rob Rubik's one of my best friends, so that made it for an easy transition, and it wasn't difficult because Tom just did such a great job uh, in the first half of the season. Um, so you just kind of pick up from one professional to the next, and um, I, I think that's what helped. And but let's face it; I mean, it also helped because it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun for me. I look forward to every single Saturday. I look forward to going to. Uh, Ryan Neerson and watching practice and talking with Chris and talking with you and Alex on the sidelines. Those are the times I really, really enjoyed. Um, it's, it's almost like you put it on your calendar and you highlight it uh, for me. So it it wasn't challenging at all for me because of the emotion and the passion that I felt toward Eastern Michigan football.
1: Speaking with Matt Shepard, the voice of the Tigers, the voice of Eastern Michigan for a long time how a lot of people don't know but uh of course they know that you have your degree from Central Michigan but you did get your start here at Eastern you you were a student here you tried walking on to the baseball team uh but what was it uh when in 1999 you got that call asking you to to come uh, I mean, we've had great leadership at WEMU over the years. Art Timco, Clark Smith, now Molly Motherwell have all done a fantastic job. What was it that first attracted you to come to this position?
3: Well, calling football at the Division I level, there's there's not many opportunities like that. Um, it was close to home. That helped. But also because I, I enjoyed my two years at EMU. Even though I, I didn't fulfill the dream of playing for Eastern Michigan baseball, I still enjoyed going to football games as a student there, um, and I like the people there. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you know, it's not it's not work. There's that old cliche. It's not work if you love it, but it does help to be able to go to a place and truly enjoy being around the people you work with. So Jim Streeter first, you now Alex as well. You've had a number of assistants in your office who we've had great memories with. So. Those are the things that are were appealing to me about Eastern Michigan, and they still are appealing to me about Eastern Michigan. In addition to that, I, I think the quality of football, and I know some people might laugh a little bit at that, but look, Eastern has played in some big-time venues. We've been there. And as of late, especially with Chris Creighton, they've played in some big-time games. So the coaching staffs, all of them, have always been very welcoming, allowing me to get to know the student athletes. And then, of course, like I said before, the people at WEMU and EMU's football and and sports information and all those people um, made it so family, such a family atmosphere for me um, that it was all very appealing and and still is appealing to me. I still think it's a great job.
1: When you look at some of the moments, you you hit on some of them. I mean, we think back to the the night in downtown Detroit at the quick lane bowl in 2019, that has to be one of the the more special memories. Uh, The, the multi overtime game against central Michigan, also at Ford field. When you think of of some of the things, what, what kind of stands out at some of your highlight moments?
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't look at games to be honest with you. Um, I know that's what it's about. And you just mentioned a a couple of them that were really good. I I love the game at LSU where we were right there at the half uh, against Leonard Fournette and LSU. I look at the walks that I had with Chris Creighton around the Ryan Earson Stadium Field, the sit-down conversations I've had with coordinators, the friendships I've created, and the people I've gotten to know who I now call friends. It's more about that for me than it has been the games and the specific plays and the incredible catches and the the game by a Sheffield or the catch by a Delorier or the toughness of a Bonet and and some of the really good players. That's it's, it's been enjoyable and at times memorable that the winless season that was, that was challenging and yet still rewarding because of the toughness of some of the players. And you look back at some big moments of a, a Lincoln Dupree, with an interception return for a score or whatever it may be. Right. I mean, those are just, and playing at big venues, as we've mentioned before, we were down at the swamp against Florida. And even though it was a loss just to have those kids playing those types of atmospheres meant an awful lot. I know to the football program, but also to me, and then you look at some of the other things that Eastern has done the game above, for example, Mm -hmm. Um, Keith Stone's been an incredible inspiration. And the rallying behind it, George Gervin's support, uh, Charlie Batch's support, you have guys coming up into the booth. Max Crosby has done that in the past. Rodney Slater, all these men who have been impacted by Eastern Michigan football. And even though I didn't play the game on the field for Eastern, I represented Eastern Michigan proudly every single football Saturday and feel like, you know what, Um, we accomplished some things together didn't get the bowl when we wanted, didn't win the MAC championship that we wanted, but damn it, you could see it change and you could see how much more respect people have for the program. And those are the things I remember more than game specific.
1: In broadcasting, you don't all often get to to pick your broadcast partner and you've been lucky enough to, to be with Rob Rubick pretty much the entire time. There was a short stint where he took off to Grand Valley and then came back, but Having your best friend really be beside you throughout this process, how has Rubes helped you become a better broadcaster and maybe become a better knowledge or more knowledgeable about football?
3: Yeah, football for sure. Uh, You know, without trying to get too sentimental because I don't want to break down at all, but he's, he's probably taught me to be a better friend than anything else. So What I love most about Rubes is he's really direct. You know exactly where he stands. You know that because you're a good friend of his as well. And what he does is he shoots it straight. And you better be ready. If you bring up something, you better be ready for him to look at both sides of that proverbial coin. So he has taught me to be a better friend and a better husband and at times a better father. Um, The thing that I will probably miss more than anything is, and I missed it last year because we just didn't get a chance to do it as much, but the car rides to Toledo, the car rides to Northern Illinois, the car rides to central and Western are some of my fondest memories in all of broadcasting. Uh, we just, it's its a bond, it's a friendship, it's a, a love uh, for who a person is. He's also helped me in broadcasting because I listen intently to what he has to say. Uh, his football knowledge and his vision is as good, if not better, than anybody else on national TV. Rob Rubick knows football as well as any top announcer on Fox, ESPN, ABC, and he can he can talk the game and broadcast the game as well as any of them. There's no doubt in my mind because he's done it and he's done it for the NFL and he's done it for Eastern Michigan. He's, he's carved out an incredible niche in Detroit, but he's as good as anybody as there is. So that's helped me. Um, but really more than anything, the the joy, the love of calling games is, uh, is something that, uh, he's always helped me with. And it's, it's something I use in every sport I call, but it, even in, here with the Tigers, the, the passion that he has for Eastern football is in me and allows me to do my job better.
1: Final few minutes here with Matt Shepard. As we, we look at his his time at Eastern Michigan, uh, you were lucky enough to take over for a legend in John Fountain. He yeah. held the seat before you for 44 years. You held it for uh, 21 years and now passing the baton over to, to Tom Helmer. What does it say about WEMU and their ability to, really Eastern as well, to to make it a family atmosphere that people have wanted to stay around and and how important is a station like WEMU? Well,
3: I would tell you, I I saw John Fountain down in Lakeland earlier this year uh, and we talked about uh, the tradition that Eastern has. And it started with them. And it's it's been such an honor doing it after him because that's, that's a tough act to follow. There's no doubt about that. And it, it makes it easier for me knowing uh, what a great guy Tom Helmer is and what a good game that he calls. So all that is easy. What it says is that WMU has had great leadership, just like Eastern Michigan athletics and Eastern Michigan football. It's, the, the leadership starts obviously at the top, But then you feel it when you have somebody who lets you do your job, who supports the things that you do, who trusts your judgment, as does Eastern football and and the SID department, all those things. Those are all one. Those are all connected. It's not just one separate entity. It's not just the radio station. It's not just the SID office. It's not the broadcasting uh, department that you run. And it's not just the coaching staff or the athletics, whether it be Chris Creighton or Scott Weatherby. They are all in unison when I talk about this and when they trust you with information they trust your judgment on how you're going to call a game and how you're going to represent all three of those entities and i think that's the most important thing when you are on the road with eastern michigan you are representing wmu emu football and the university itself and i've always taken that very very seriously so i think what it says about it is it says it's a place you want to be because of the foundation they've built and I think it's a trickle-down effect to all of us. And I've been lucky to have those people in my broadcasting life. And I I hope it will continue moving forward.
1: Uh, Jeff, I know I speak for everyone here at the athletic department. I mean, we we think the world of you, we're going to miss the heck out of having you in the press box every Saturday, those, those road trips. Uh, you've made me a better SAD, a better broadcaster, and a better person via our friendship. And I can't thank you enough for that. And Uh, It's not goodbye. It's just maybe so long for now, right?
3: Yeah, look, I'm not a person who likes change. You know that about me. So on Saturday and Thursdays or whenever Eastern plays, uh, I'm going to be jealous. I'm going to be really jealous. I mean, even when I was, when I call it Tigers baseball, I keep an eye on how Eastern is doing. So I'm going to be really jealous because uh, I will wish I was there. But, um, you know, I think in the long run, this is what's best for, for me and my family for right now. And I I hope I get the opportunity. Look, I, I still have all my Eastern stuff okay it's it's still there in my closet i just looked at it last night you know I, I get emotional when i think about it and i get emotional when i think about all the great family and friends i have there um so i will miss all you guys but uh one of the greatest honors i've ever received is uh, to be named an honorary captain for eastern michigan football in a game coming up and i can't wait for that day
1: can't wait for that and and maybe one day an e-club hall of fame or two that's
3: uh that's for people probably with a little bit bigger impact but i appreciate the
4: sentiment my friend. sure uh,
1: matt Shepard, we Can't thank you enough for your time, your impact on this program, man. I love you, and and we're always here for you. You, Lisa, and the kids, and whatever you need, you're always an eagle at at heart.
3: Yeah, Greg, I love you too, man, and I love Alex, and I love your wife Kathy. She's a wonderful person. She works hard, and. Those are the things that are tough for me, to be honest with you. So with a heavy heart, I say thank you, but I hope to see you soon, friend.
0: The only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. It's the Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy Ann Arbor, and Learfield.
1: Eagles were able to come out over the weekend and knock off Eastern Kentucky by a score of 42-34 to get their season underway, as we're joined by EMU head football coach Chris Creighton. And uh, first games of the year are never perfect. They're always a learning moment, uh, but they're always things to build upon. On a positive note, your offense after quarter number one was able to significantly outgain, but defensively, they were able to step up and perform some takeaways. What what
4: Pleased you the most about week one's performance? You know, that we, we found a way to um, to win in the end. I was pleased with the start that we had defensively. Um, you know, not knowing what's going to happen after eight months and yep. <clears throat> new personnel and all of those things. Um, and uh, the takeaway early, I thought, was, you know, a huge play in the game. And then I was pleased with um, our halftime adjustments um, offensively and, and our ability to get our guys calmed down and, and figured out and, um, you know, have a plan that, that our guys could feel comfortable executing and that they did that was pleased with, you know, Jesus was six for six, you know, whether Tom sack is the, you know, Mac player of the week or not, you know, it was a, um, a solid first outing, you know, for him. And, uh, such an important position. Really, really believe that he can be a be a good one.
1: You touched on a, a few of the new guys already. I mean, Jesus, you touched on Mitchell, who, as as you mentioned, was Mac West Special Teams Player of the Week. But then some other guys really contributed. Uh, of course, we know your signal caller Taylor Powell was was. Terrific, uh, completing 31 of his or excuse me, yeah, 21 of his 30 passes. But you had guys Darius Laster step in. You had Jalen Jackson offensively. He was quite the provided quite the burst uh, with his speed, didn't he?
4: Oh yeah, oh no, yeah. I mean, he only ended up having three carries um, and then the kick return. But I think anybody who who watched the game can see that he's he's explosive um, and gives us you know just another. Weapon another added dimension that uh, is gonna serve us well um, you mentioned Taylor it's like he's been here for for a couple of years you don't think about him being new but you know completing seventy percent of his passes um, and uh, really managing the game uh, well in his first outing was was important
1: we, on defensively people look at the tackles that Joe Spacio as well as Chase Klein put up but I was most impressed with a guy who was a returner on your defensive line in and Jordan Crawford, who we talked about last week off air, had really changed his body, has gotten himself much thinner, quicker. Uh, I mean, he showed some explosibility as that guy can run 18 plus miles an hour. You weren't getting him to do anything at like eight miles an hour last year.
4: <laughs> no, only if we rolled him down a hill. Um, but yeah, he uh, he has changed his body. Everybody in the program is just um, really impressed by him. Um and uh, respect him for, you know, really taking the offseason seriously. And, you know, Coach D-Mac and B-Rich and the strength staff, um, Coach Chambers, you know, those guys have made an impact. And Jordan's bought in and, um, you know, really doing well. And, again, he's a returner The in terms of the new people. Joe and and Chase obviously were productive in the tackles and uh, guys are going to be relying on heavily.
1: You want to win the game, but how – do you work that fine balance of trying not to show too much of the playbook early on while still
4: getting the win? Yeah, I don't, um, you know, I think defensively we, you know, intentionally played a lot of base and, and, uh, and just part of that is just for the development and want to play a lot of people early. And we're going to be in these hot weather games and keeping people fresh and, Um, you know, getting ready for, for Mac play. And then, uh, you know, offensively, it's really not a matter of trying to hold things back. You know, you don't want to burn things unnecessarily, but it was a all hands on deck to, um, you know, to, to beat Eastern Kentucky. And so, you know, we just, we put together a plan that we thought was going to allow for us to be successful. And, you know, when we started working that, it, it, it went well. Eastern
1: this week will turn their attention uh, to the Ragin' Cajuns of the U- University of Louisiana at Lafayette. And it's the first time in 16 years the two programs have met. Eastern was there back in 2006 at Cajun Field. The Eagles and Ragin' Cajuns have split the all-time series 1-1. Eastern winning here, the Cajuns winning there. Uh, an opportunity to go on the road against the Sunbelt team, the defending Sunbelt champion. Uh, they uh, were able to, to pick up a win against the their rival in Southeast Louisiana, but again, an FCS to, to FBS team. What, what have you seen from the Cajuns and how much do you think things have changed now with their head coach and Billy Napier departing and a new bench boss coming in?
4: He was there, and they have they have some new coaches, uh, guys who would maybe been there in the past, and you know are familiar, you know, with that program. And then you know every program loses players, and they've lost uh, you know some good ones. But good programs like that lose good ones every year, and and uh, keep bringing and developing um, you know great players. So um, I just keep talking about you know their. Their confidence, um, you know, when when you have the nation's longest winning streak, you know, that doesn't happen by accident. You know, guys really believe in what they're doing and how they're doing it and, you know, have evidence and proof, you know, to to believe in those things. Um, And so they play with confidence. They play fast. Um, You know, they're going to be a they're going to be a tough out. You've
1: seen guys with, uh, with great speed at kick returner. We looked to Sky Moore at Western Michigan just last year. You've seen Pimpleton at Central Michigan. But Eric Garr had a big return and, and helped really pivot that game. Special teams-wise, is that an area that you kind of really look at for them to make sure that they don't able to get out in space
4: against this, this Eagles team this weekend. Yeah. But I mean, that's the problem. It's hard on a, you know, unless you're kicking the ball through the back of the end zone or kicking it high enough or out of bounds, you know, that's the thing about special teams that are so scary is that there is space, you know, to cover a lot of area, um, over a long distance. And, And so they do, they have very explosive players, um, that can turn the game really at, at any minute. And, uh, you know, we're, we're confident in what we're doing special teams. We, we had a really good start in, in game one um, and uh, we'll improve off of that. But that that is that's always um, a priority, you know, when we're starting to game plan and paying attention to whoever we're playing.
1: You touched on it. The, the next two weeks will be in hot weather locations, of course, in Lafayette, Louisiana, and then Tempe, Arizona the probably the closest similarities have been what coastal carolina and then back to florida your first or second year how how do you take kind of moments from those games and prepare for hot weather games like this
4: well when you know when we went to coastal carolina in week 1 um i think that was 19 mm-hmm. um they had a lot more guys go down from the heat than we did and we we spent a lot of time getting ready for that and preparing for it and it didn't even end up being that hot of a day if you remember um and then you know Friday night you know eastern kentucky they had some um, cramping problems yeah. yeah i mean we did yep. we had we had one cramp but again i think you know going against the southern teams um you know early in the year you know so far we've we've come out ahead on that um, and so this week we're going to do the best that we can to, you know, have our guys continue to have them in shape and eating the right things and, and, uh, hydrating and all of that. Uh, but we'll have to also, you know, look to play multiple people to try to keep people fresh.
1: Final moments here with head coach Chris Creighton. As you look at this team, one of the stats that came out late last week was uh, your team fourth in the country in terms of graduates on its roster, 22 of them. Uh, A tip of the cap to what you and your staff has been able to do, but also what the academic support crew has been able to do. The only teams in the country with more graduates on their roster, Nebraska, Liberty, and Rice. And then it's Eastern Michigan, Baylor, Fresno State, Tech North Texas, Pittsburgh, Texas Tech, uh, UTSA. What it says about impact men and their ability to stay in this program? What does that say when you hear that number of being fourth in the country?
4: Well, it's always it means there's three, like you just mentioned, that are better than us. But uh, yeah, I, you know, you mentioned our academic support folks and you know the assistant coaches who take that you know real serious in terms of just accountability and guiding and encouraging. But it's it's the guys, you know, it's the guys, it's the guys that are here. The guys that we recruit that realize that whenever football ends, you know, that, uh, they're more than just football players and there's a purpose, you know, for their life outside of football and whether it's right or wrong, um, the way that our society works is that it's a lot advantageous and a lot more helpful when you have a degree or two, which so many of our yep. guys have now. And so, am. Um, I am, I'm really proud of them. Um, you know we just celebrated another graduation this summer we had more guys walk in and um it's it's great stuff I, I just learned a long time ago you know that with 24 hours in a day um you know you're supposed to sleep for 8 right that leaves you 16 you got to eat fast so <laughs> eat your meals in 20 minutes You have 15 hours and you can do um everything that you need to academically um and you know this game that you're so passionate about in 15 hours um and uh our guys are uh far, far from perfect, but, um, they're, they're killing it at the same time. And we're proud of them.
1: Coach, appreciate you spending your labor day with us. We look forward to getting on the plane with you on Friday at heading South and, uh, maybe grabbing some jambalaya or a beignet or two down in, in the bayou. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. There he is. Head coach Chris Creighton will return to close out another episode of the Eastern Sider after this. Yes.
0: This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy and Arbor. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.